Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today on the Run for God Run Club show, we're going to talk about the fact that there are different kinds of seeds, and we have to make sure that we're nurturing the right ones. And then we're going to talk about how to follow directions and why sometimes... We don't do a great job with that. And to help me sort through it all is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Man, it's uh, it's the 4th. Of, we just got through the 4th of July stuff. Yeah. I love 4th of July. Yeah. Don't you? I do, yeah. You came to Cahutta, too. I did, but you you probably don't know this, but I left before the fireworks. Did you really? <laughs> we did. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm an early-to-bed guy. I, you know, I'm looking at my watch, and Hollywood, you know, it was just Holly and I. The boys were both gone doing something else, and... uh so yeah, I'm one of those uh, I'm one of those prunes that likes to get in the bed early. So well, I do too. But I did watch the fireworks the next night. We went over to the the Brooker fireworks down the road here, and uh, I, I'm I, I muscled it out to the end of that. One, so. <laughs> well, the fireworks were really good. And I'm just blown away at how many people. Yeah. For those of you listening who don't know, Cahutta is a tiny. What's the population? It's less than a thousand. Okay, yeah. I mean, yes. I was gonna say five hundred, but yeah, I think it's about eight hundred something. But on the fourth of July night, there's ten thousand people there, and we did a, uh, you know, we did a couple races there a few years ago, and I'll never forget. I was talking to the mayor one night. I said, Ron, how in the world do y'all get this many people there? He said, Free hot dogs. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how it started. It started and got all these people coming, and now they don't get free hot dogs anymore, but thousands of people still come, and it was yeah. a, it was a really cool. Downtown Cahutta is just, it's a cool place to be, especially when there's that many people. Plus, I mean, post-COVID now, it was great to see people back out, hugging, shaking hands. I mean, that's... I'm I'm a a hugger and a handshaker and a high-fiver, so I'm just... I'm so glad we're back to those days. <laughs> Me too. And, I, you know, this year, this was the first year our, our church does a big, huge thing there. Yeah. And so Debbie and I are always right in the middle of, of doing that thing. And this year, for whatever reason, Debbie and I decided not to do that and to just kind of walk around. It's the first time in years that we've yeah. just kind of walked around and talked with people. And what was cool is it gave us a different perspective. Mm-hmm. It gave us a different perspective on, you know, what was going on, but it also gave us a different perspective on how people view what our church was doing. Yeah. Cause I talk with people that don't know that we're part of that church and hearing them talk about the positive impact our church is having on the community. It's really, really cool to hear from yeah. the outside. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, we're going to talk about this week's sponsor. And if you own a business and you would like to support Run for God and allow us to support what you do, uh, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all of the information. But this week's sponsor is some good friends of ours, Ken's Carstar. Uh, Ken's Carstar features state of the art unibody and frame repair equipment, expert painting, towing assistance vehicle pickup and delivery and a nationwide warranty in a clean inviting environment Uh, they've repaired more than four million vehicles since 1989 that's why more people choose car star auto body repair experts for their vehicle repair needs than any other body shop call ken's car star and schedule a free estimate today 
And, you know, I just can't say enough about Jamie and, and all the team. Both your boys uh, work alongside Jamie down there, and it's just uh, – it's a cool place. I mean, you don't think of a body shop as being a inviting Christian environment, but that's absolutely what it is down there. I it mean, is. you walk in and you see it on the walls. Uh, you can tell it by the people you talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just done a really good job down there. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it would seem that they have four million running through that one one of those shops <laughs> sometimes. I'm telling the number of cars that come in and out of there so fast. It's, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I've had to see them for business <laughs> business expenses before. So uh, yeah, uh, I've made some boneheaded backing into things lately. So, yeah, uh, they've yeah. repaired my truck a few times lately. So, they fixed uh, one of my cars one time when uh, this is the craziest thing. You want to talk about just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I was riding behind a, somebody in a truck one time, and there was a file cabinet in the back of the truck, and the file cabinet came out of the back of the truck right in front of my car and hit my front bumper. <laughs> Did they stop? Uh, no, I don't even think they realized it fell out. <laughs> I think they just kept on going. And uh, Did you run them down? Fortunately... Um, I was able to knock the, the filing cabinet off the road, so it didn't affect anybody else. <laughs> so, uh, no, I didn't run them down. I just, uh, I don't even remember how, I don't even remember what happened after that, to yeah. be honest with you. But, uh, but I went and got my car fixed. So we have a Facebook post from this week. Seth Christensen is feeling thankful with Michelle Christensen. You know, those names, if you're on the mm-hmm. Facebook page at all. Week 10 of the 10K training is now over. We had a rough week with helping put a new roof on our house. The scaffolding, ladders, and 12-12 pitch makes it, takes a toll on you when you aren't used to it. Only got one run in earlier in the week, but a huge thanks to my wonderful wife, Michelle, for talking me into doing this two-mile race. Best part is, Best part, it was a chance for us to spend some time together and watch my girls flourish. Those two young ladies of mine got to the turnaround at one mile and took off. It was wonderful to see them working together. God is so good in his timing. Not only did this well-needed run help with stress of the week, it gave us a great memory. And my fastest two consecutive miles. The man And man, did we finish like grease lightning. Wahoo! <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first thing that sticks out to me, I don't know what Seth's profession is. I assume by the way he's talking, he's not a roofer. Yeah. But he decided to help change the roof on his house with a 12-12 pitch. He's more man than I am. That's a 45-degree angle. That is a steep roof. Yeah. There's no way I would help do that. So nope. hats off to Seth. That's a, we just replaced the roof on our place a few weeks ago, and uh, I have a 10-12. And um, you can't walk. I mean, you can't walk on a 10-12. No. And 12-12 is even worse. So, yeah, I can see why he's probably a little bit uh, sore from helping do that. So, For sure. Uh, so, yeah, Seth, if you ever need a, a roofing job, come see us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little easier, right? For, <laughs> yeah. uh, man, I like seeing how running can bring families together like this. Yeah. And that family, you've seen them. Mm-hmm. I think Michelle did all of this stuff kind of on her own. Maybe one of her daughters kind of was with her. And then um, more recently, Seth has joined her and. Um, I think he's really enjoying it, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to see that come through and to see him grow through these posts and be thankful for some of this stuff and um, and just realize what a great thing it is for uh, for the family and, of course, stress relief. You know, I was talking with the mayor. while During our July 4th celebration, I was talking with the mayor, and the mayor has had some 
he's had some medical difficulties where he has not been able to run now for for many months uh, he had a car accident and it caused some damage and he's just not able to run and he usually loves to run a few times a week you can tell you can tell that his stress level because mm-hmm. our mayor you know him yeah. he doesn't get stressed about anything yeah but he's got some stress right now, and I think it's because he can't run. Yeah. Running is such a great stress reliever. It absolutely is. There's no question about it. I, I you know, I've, I think I've said it on here before. Sometimes I'll be having a stressful day, and my wife will say, "You, you need to go run, or you yeah. need to go walk, or you need, you need to go out and get some exercise," because she knows that that brings, you know, my temperature down mm-hmm. uh, when things get stressful. Sometimes, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely a, it's a. It's the best medication for stress there is. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Our trivia question from last week was, who is Robert Garside and what did he do? Did you know anything about this at all? Never heard that name. Yeah. Robert Garside is a guy. He's a British guy. Um, He's just a couple years younger than me. And back in 2003, he was the first person to be credited with running around the world. Now, I don't know know if anybody else has ever done this or not, but this took him years to do. Well, he talked about it. You could do it really quick at the South or North Pole. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But he actually did it um, basically around this. Yeah, I mean, really amazing what he did. Um, and but this was really controversial when it happened because when he did it, apparently what he was trying to do is he was trying to hide the fact he was doing. It. He wanted to be the first person to do it, and so he had tried it a couple of times and failed. And he was trying to kind of hide the fact that he was doing this, and so he kind of fibbed a little bit on some things so that people didn't realize where he was going and when he was starting. And that so the the start of it's a little wonky because of that. Um, but he did actually get his, he got out, um, recorders and he had a log and other things. And for the most part, the Guinness book of world records came in and they, they examined all the evidence that he had. And in the end, it took him a couple of years actually to, to say that it was okay and, and verify it. But they ultimately said, yes, this guy ran around the world. And, um, so, uh, I'm sure people are wondering like i am how do you do that because obviously the oceans what do you do is it just for each continent you run out all the way across each continent is that yes. how it works okay. yes yes and uh, and obviously he went across six continents he didn't go across antarctica um because i mean you're, you're, you're going around the world you don't have to go through antarctica but what was interesting i think is that i've seen estimates from 35 to forty thousand miles what he ran um, as far as I can remember, if I remember correctly from school, I think the around the equator is 33,000 miles. Mm, yeah, that sounds right. I think that's right. And so he actually ran more miles than what it would take if he ran around the, the furthest distance around so the center of the planet. So is there a rule that it's got to be a certain latitude? You, you've got to be below a certain latitude line for it to... Because obviously, I mean, you could go to the North Pole and just... Right. Or the South Pole and run around. So I would think to be in the Guinness Book of World Records, you've got to be below a certain. I think what they say is you've got to run across every continent. Okay. Other, I guess, than other than the, than Antarctica. So I think he basically ran across every continent. And when he ran across. But some, then again, I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's the Americas and you run across the United States, obviously that's a lot closer than if you run across Mexico. 
Right. So, yeah, that's. I'm curious. Well, I think I know that, that part part of his part of his route went through South America. So, like from the southern tip of South America up north. Oh, really? And he ran that way, and then ran through Central America, and then he ran across the United. He flew up and ran across the United States. So, you know, it wasn't a one line kind of yeah. thing. Um, and he ran across Australia. He ran across uh, Europe and Asia. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it, I don't understand it completely. Guinness Book of World Records, though, you know, they're pretty particular about that stuff. And um, this is an entry in Wikipedia. It says, during his run, Garside updated his website with a portable computer, describing an arduous journey complicated by human and natural hurdles that included physical attacks and imprisonment, as well as grueling climate extremes. He met with such considerable assistance um, as he was offered lodgings around the globe in such diverse settings as five-star hotels and private homes to prison cells and police stations. In addition to corporate sponsorship of 50,000 pounds, he he indicated he received 120,000 pounds in donations from individuals. One donor in Hong Kong agreed to back Garside in return for a share of future pro- profits. Along the way, Garside also met his future wife, then Andrina Perez, in Venezuela. Garside indicated in 2001 that it was his habit to jog seven to eight hours a day, covering an average of 40 miles a day when running on flat ground, outfitted with a video camera to record his journey and a 15-pound backpack. On his third run, he used his video camera every 20 minutes while running to take a four-minute clip of his location and routinely requested signed, dated documents from local officials. Garside completed his world-traversing journey on 13th of June, 2003 at the Monument of India Gate, which, at which time the Independent reported the total miles run over five and a half years at 35,000 miles covering territory in 30 countries near the end of his run garside indicated that the worst experiences he'd encountered were the three days spent running without any food and five days spent in jail in china because he lacked proper documentation he described running over the himalayas as fantastic in spite of freezing temperatures the most spiritual of mind journeys So that kind of gives you a good idea and a good feel for kind of what what he was doing. I just can't imagine carrying 15 pounds for 35,000 miles for five and a half years. Um, I mean, I read some things where he had several girlfriends along the way before he finally did meet his wife. (laughs) Um, I mean, so I guess he kind of hung around some places. I guess in five and a half years, you you probably have a tendency to get a little rest and and hang around in in a place or two. Um, but there were controversies in a couple of areas. There were a few places where his logs didn't quite match what it appeared that he did, like with the video evidence. Um, and his, he gave pretty good explanations for it. Some of it was that he didn't update his log every day. Now I can't imagine why you wouldn't update your log every day if you were doing that, but, um, you know, he would go back and remember, you know, and, and I've been there when I used to keep a paper log, I did the same thing. Um, I, mean, I, I guess you know a few days in a China prison that that might be enough to make you forget to update that, your life. You probably have bigger worries. Then. That, that'll knock you off your game a bit. Yeah, yeah. 
the uh, fact that he came back from that is is pretty amazing. Yeah, and kept I, going. I would be like, get me on the next flight home. Yes. If I got out of there. I would too, yeah. And then there was another place where he was crossing what they, is called the Nullarbor Desert. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly or not, but it's in Australia. Um, and it was said that any anybody who is an ultramarathoner says you can't do that on your own. It's impossible to cross that desert on your own. Um, but his, he said that what he did was he found some local people, um, and made some agreements for them to drop water off in certain locations. And in some cases they came and picked him up for the night, took him back to civilization and then dropped him back off where he left. And all that sounds completely reasonable. Uh, and then there were a few places where he had flights across the water. He would go home and come back to where he had left off. Um, but there's nothing that, that precludes somebody from doing that um, as far as the rules go to, to how this works and so mm-hmm. apparently everything he did was within what Guinness describes as yeah. a legitimate run around the world so yeah, um, hmm. yeah. so interesting it's very that, cool I have no desire to even attempt that I can't although imagine. right now in Dalton Georgia North Georgia it feels like we're running across a desert right now <laughs> the heat index was like 107 yesterday here yeah i told you i went out to walk three miles yeah it was horrible yeah I mean, it's just like you're drained after one mile and, uh <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's oppressive the south it is oppressive yep. all right so as of the time we're recording this the hawkins uh 10k fundraiser is uh, about to kick off by the time this releases it will have just been over so i'm sure we had a great time i am 100 percent sure, sure. I'm sure whatever Patrick cooked at the cookout was awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's kind of fun to talk about future things and act like it's right now. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, thank you to Patrick and Angie once again. Uh, they raised a lot of money for Run for God, and we yeah. can't thank them enough. That is, uh, that will the, go into the coffers to help us spread the gospel around the world through the sport of running. I mean, that's our goal is to get up every day and try to figure out how to do that. Um, one way that we're about to do that even more is the website. Uh, we have confirmed that the website will be releasing in August. Don't have a date yet, but we will, we will keep you apprised of that. Um, but it's incredible. I've been going through some training on the, on the backside functionality of it. And, uh, you don't know it, but you're about to go through some training too. All right. And, uh, but it's great. I mean, it's just, it's incredible where technology is nowadays. Yeah, um, and I think everybody's going to love it. So stay tuned. We will get the word out about the exact release date, but it will be in August. That's pretty exciting. If your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch her pearls, we can help. If your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years, we can handle that. If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today. All right, we're back, and you just heard a commercial for J Radio. J Radio is, if it weren't for J Radio, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now in all likelihood because they do a lot of the back-end work to keep all this stuff together, the folks that, that that own J Radio. And so we should be supporting them. 
because they support us. And so uh, if you haven't checked out J Radio, at least check it out and see what you think. Yeah, I, I wanted to park for just a second right here because, you know, we, we talk about how yeah, music does not save you, obviously. Mm-hmm. But music absolutely gets you in a sense of worship. Amen. Um, you know, just last night, I, I listened to J Radio some, I listened to other radio stations some, and it's always amazing how when you listen to edifying music, last night... I kind of had a rough afternoon yesterday. Well, last night I went to uh, the band practice at our church. Lane's playing the guitar, the bass guitar this Sunday at church, and they've asked me to do the sound. We kind of help out when we can. And so we were both there last night. Walked in just kind of feeling lousy. It was, I just got done with that three mile walk <laughs> out in Satan's garden out here, it felt like. <laughs> and, you know, just kind of feeling, and within 15 minutes of listening to praise music, all that was gone. You yeah. know, we talk about running and walking. Any kind of exercise can be uh, the best therapy or the best medicine for stress and things like that. Well, so can getting in an attitude of worship. Amen. Um, and so that's why it's important. In your car, You, a lot of people don't think about it, but just having that on in your car or in your ears as opposed to whatever else we might listen to. I listen to podcasts, and podcasts are great. But they don't change your demeanor. Yeah. Praise and worship music, absolutely. At least for me. Yeah. And I would say it's true for for a lot of other people. So yeah, go. It's a long plug for J Radio. Go check them out. Uh, it's you never have to worry about what you're going to hear on there. If you've got kids in the car, you don't have to worry about what's going to be being said. It's all good stuff. So go go check out J Radio. And if it interests you at all, you get a little bit of insight into our musical preferences. Uh, for praise and worship music because we all have uh, and I some, have the best preferences yeah, well, my playlist is I mean I'm sure it's top of the charts I'm sure I'm it sure is it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's got some southern gospel in it which y'all don't have that's true some of Lane's stuff you can't even understand the words it's all praise and worship so I will put my stamp of approval there but I just like some of his music you know <laughs> I li- when I listen to Lane's uh, music there is one of the songs that I took out of his Actually, it's the title song for that that I listen to now before every race. Is that Catch a Fire? Yeah. Catch Fire. Is that Toby Mac? No, I can't remember remember the name of the guy's name. But but I love the song, and it gets me fired up. I mean, it just gets me fired up and ready to go. So I listen to it. It's probably about time we update those. It probably is. We probably should. Yep. Well, it's that time of year when races are kind of sparse. We have some July 4th races. There's always a, a spate of races around July 4th. But for the most part, there aren't too many races going on in the middle of the summer, are we there? We had a big represent. Run for God had a big representation at the Peace Tree Peace Road Tree. Race. yeah. I don't know I how that. many people I saw that were running there in their Run for God gear, which was really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, and, and thinking about that was all the way back in, oh, what year did I run that? That was my very first race, 07 yeah yeah um it's kind of where all this journey started but uh yeah it's cool to see people representing and doing their their flat runners laying them out on the bed with the run for god gear it's uh it's really cool and something else i don't know if you saw the picture and i think this is the second one i've seen but some of the run club members are laying on their ground and getting their picture made in the position of sticky 
Have you seen that? Oh, no. I've They're doing that. flat sticky <laughs> on the ground. I've seen two of them now. So uh, uh, that may be starting to become a thing. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, I that's love that. Cool. Well, you know, my first Peachtree Road Race, I think, was... The turn of the century? 79 or 80, probably. So, yeah, it's been a been a long time. How many have you run? How many of them? I, I don't really know. I've tried, I tried to figure that out because, you know, you, you get an automatic entry, I think, if you've run 10 of them. And I think I've run 10 of them. I think I've probably run about 12 because I ran a bunch of them in the, in the early 80s. And then I ran a bunch of them in a row in the 2010 range. And so, you've ran quite a few where you're seated up at the front. Yeah. 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 I've had, I've had numbers. A matter of fact, I think one year I had numbers in the hundred, the one hundred range. Wow. So the lower the number, the higher the seed. Uh, but yeah, I get I've get had a chance several times to start right behind the elite runners, um, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's just cool to just hang out with those guys. <laughs> so, so I, it would be hilarious. I would be the guy if. If I were able to get a seed up that high, which I, I'm not, I, I can't even get a qualifying race to get up there, but I would love to get seated up there with those guys and just take off and blister everybody for the first 400 meters. Be that guy. Yeah, 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 That's it's happened a number of times. Yeah. <laughs> Has it really? Oh, yeah. That would there, be hilarious. There, there was a guy when I was in high school. This Wear is, the sticky mascot out. Oh, that would be that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you'd be in papers worldwide. Well, there was, there was, there was, back in, uh, I guess it was probably late, it might have been 1980-ish, when um, we had a guy that ran at the high school I ran at, and he was just a crazy guy. I mean, just one of those loud fun guy you know wasn't super fast but he did that and that was the year that they took the picture from the start of the peace tree road race and put it on runner's world magazine he <laughs> was right in the front on runner's world magazine well there was a guy that did that at sectionals remember that at yeah. sectionals track meet yes this guy took off yeah I mean, the crowd was loving that y'all as coaches Y'all didn't care for it too much. No, I, I didn't. thought it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, everybody was cheering for this guy. He was like waving the crowd on. He knew that he was going to get dead last. <laughs> but he took off first lap. He won by a long mile. Uh, yeah, we should try that. Would, yeah. would you, uh, why don't you get seated up front next year? And then we'll just blow my, and then blow my whole race after we'll I worked hard to get you, seated you up can front. Sacrifice one race for Sticky. <laughs> Put you in the Sticky outfit. Uh, and I, you just tear off at a 440 first mile. Well, I think there's a problem with that now because I think they start the uh, elite field a few seconds before everybody else. A few seconds? You can catch them. Well, when I say a few seconds, I'm talking about 30 seconds. You could still catch them. No way. <laughs> no way. What will they run the first mile in? They'll run the first mile in 420-something. Well, get to training, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that would be fun though. it would be fun and it would be cool and i would be up for it if it were possible but i don't think it's possible we'll, we'll, we'll check i have to that. check we'll, into we'll, it we'll petition the peachtree road race <laughs> yeah not yeah. discriminated against a little bit slower runners <laughs> uh yeah you know what i find interesting about this time of year is the the the, the sidewalks are clear you know, you got the Dalton Loop where a lot of people run. Yeah. And in the spring and the fall, it is loaded, loaded with yeah. people. And in the summer and the winter, almost no, very few people out there actually running. Fair I weather did, runners. I saw a lady yesterday as I was driving, and uh, she was running the loop. And you could you could see the 
just the her face was like oh it's so hot out here it was killing the thing about here is it's so thick yeah i mean you walk outside i was outside meeting a pressure washer guy this morning i mean it's 6 30 in the morning and i walked in i was i was sweating already i mean just it's so thick you can't i mean it's 80 degrees and 90 percent humidity at seven o'clock in the morning it's true it's just miserable yeah Um, it is but i've said this before i think that we should take these opportunities and realize that that extra heat and humidity provides resistance and i think uh, it's 100 it it is a good resistance but i still don't like it no i don't we don't have to like it but we should look at it and go hey that's still good right it's helping me it's making me stronger it's increasing my blood volume and that's the way i look at it and it makes all the difference sometimes well and i i mean you go out and run or walk right now and and i do when i get done i like to completely feel wiped out and it doesn't take much to do that right now yeah i I like the feeling of just being i just did that yeah i I do i like that feeling Mm -hmm. some people don't but i do but you don't have to do very much right now for that to happen you get there a lot quicker yeah (laughs) well speaking of having a positive attitude here's a story that uh, talks about that Uh, we need to find out how many stories Rhonda has written it's been a bunch it's been a bunch yeah I would say she's our number one submitter wouldn't you think oh a hundred percent no question about it yeah Irene Um, got on a roll there for a while she did Um, Irene if you're listening we would love to see another one and for all everybody else out there you you hear these stories each week and Dean and I don't sit down and write these stories Mm -hmm. these come from everybody listening these are incredible stories everybody has a story Rhonda probably has half a dozen or more that she Mm -hmm. submitted and these are her stories we all have those so if you're listening and you're thinking wow i've got something that people need to hear well let me start by saying you do have something people need to hear about Mm -hmm. write it out send it to us go to runforgod.com click on submit your story it's easy it's fast we make it easy for you and if you're a run club member you go right to the top of the list and uh, so so yeah and don't forget i want everybody to understand this some people are just scared to put pen to paper and to 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 write because they're afraid i'm not very good at it i'm i don't i don't i don't spell well my grammar is not good don't worry about that we'll we'll fix that before we read it we'll we'll make it sound and flow okay sure and so we don't don't feel bad about that we get a lot of those stories we have gotten a ton of stories from people who their grammar is not great <laughs> yeah and it's even hard to figure Our out what, grammar is not great. It's, it's exactly right but uh but we'll make it we'll make it it'll, make, it'll sound good i promise yeah, when, you when we write a book you know the editors i mean they get paid overtime yes they. <laughs> when, when they go through our our materials well, so, you are yeah, you're 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 not going to be any worse than we are that's right So this, again, comes from Rhonda Williams. It's called The Other Seed. The Bible tells us that if we have faith the size of a tiny mustard seed, we can move mountains. But there is another seed, the seed of doubt. It, too, is tiny and can grow into a large, powerful force in our lives. It's so small that it can take root without being noticed. And as it grows, it will wreak havoc in our lives. So how do we combat this destructive seed? By nourishing the other seed, the mustard seed of faith. My grandfather was a farmer, and he always planted a huge vegetable garden for the family. One day, while I was helping him plant the veggies, 
I asked him what he planned to do about the weeds that would grow among the plants. He said that first, he chooses plants that are best suited for his soil conditions. The right soil will provide the nutrients to grow healthy plants. He also practices seed crowding. He situates the rows close together and overseeds each row to crowd out the weeds. He puts slow-release fertilizer on the seeds right away to give them a head start on the weeds. The timing of planting, fertilizing, and watering is important to grow healthy plants and keep weeds under control. By focusing his attention and effort on the vegetable plants instead of the weeds, my my grandfather was able to grow strong, healthy, productive plants, which meant yummy vegetables on the dinner table all summer long. My grandfather also pointed out that when the occasional weed does take hold and start to grow, you have to pull it right away before it has a chance to produce seeds of its own. Don't procrastinate. If it goes to seed, you'll have a battle on your hands that will divert your energy and attention away from your vegetables. I've fought this battle in my, in my own little garden. Did you know that a single dandelion produces about 15,000 seeds a year? That's a lot of weeds from one plant. So I feed and water my garden regularly. Healthy plants crowd out most of the weeds, and I also keep an eye out for weeds, yanking them out as soon as I see them, so they never have a chance to take over my garden. This approach serves me well with my running and life in general, too. Maintaining a good base by getting in my slow, easy runs each week provides the fertile soil I need to be able to do speed work, hill repeats, and the all-important long run. I know I won't get faster or stronger without a good base. Reading my Bible and praying daily provides fertile soil for the garden of my life. My time with Him gives me the confidence I need to face my day. Without spending time with Him, the other things I do will not flourish. Participating in Bible studies and attending Sunday services is the water and fertilizer I need to get a head start on my week. I can't tell you how many times I have received inspiration that I could use in my Run for God classes or my writing endeavors while listening to a sermon. The more time I spend with God and with God's people, the more those seeds of doubt get crowded out. By nourishing my relationships with my relationship with him, I have the confidence I need to tackle my runs and the challenges of my day. The closer I grow to him, the easier it is to identify the weeds so I can yank them out before they produce seeds. Negativity is a sneaky and destructive weed that can ruin your running and spiritual life if you let it. Yank it out right away by focusing on the positive. You have the power of God within you in the Holy Spirit. Call on Him, trust Him, and you will reap a bountiful harvest. Man, she's good at painting a word picture. That's yeah. just, uh, there's, there's so many parallels and parables here. It's, it's not even funny. But, I mean, yes, yeah, she's right. It's, it's what do we often focus on? You know, the, the weeds in our life can be negativity it can be so many different things and too many times we focus on that yeah um when just like her dad said you you focus on the plant focus on your walk with christ and don't focus on the the weeds yank Mm -hmm. them out when they come deal with them when they come but don't don't dwell on them well what we were just talking about we were talking about running in the heat and we were talking about you know the best way i was focused on the heat right and and what does it do well it makes it harder yeah well whereas if you're just focused on run putting one foot in front of the other then then that helps i saw a facebook post last night by uh, it was another one by seth who who we just read his, his quote and he was talking about that how he was reminded that to focus on in each step rather than 
the circumstances that are around him, and it makes a big difference. You know, this story reminds me. We won't we won't get on a big um, side track here, but David Hendricks wrote a story for the the triathlon kids one time, and it was talking about the idea of um, what you focus on. And he said he was talking about counterfeit money, and he said, "Do you know that the IRS counterfeit division when when?" the agents are coming through being taught how to identify counterfeit money they are never shown counterfeit money yeah never one time or do they see counterfeit money because it constantly changes counterfeiters constantly change and come up with new ways they're only taught how to identify the real thing yeah. and that kind of goes along with what what Rhonda's saying here it's it's if you focus on what is real what is good what is edifying what is jesus then We'll spot the counterfeit right off. We'll spot that weed and be able to yank it out mm -hmm. right off. But sometimes we let those lines get blurred, and then we don't know what's real, mm -hmm. and we just kind of get get lost. And um, so, yeah, I mean, just some there's some really good stuff in the story. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the way she describes the whole farming process mm -hmm. because that that process of being purposeful and trying to grow that weed is a, is a lot like our running. It's a lot like a, a what we call. Um, um, periodization in our training it is going from one step to the next and, and being purposeful about each one and, and getting better. Our 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon plans all follow that principle. It's yeah. very, very similar to this. And everything has its own time. I mean, if you that's, go out and you try to harvest right after planting, that's not going to work. Just, right. just like if you go out and try to run a race when you just started running last week that's not going to work either so yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't know yeah. yeah it's good good stuff mark four three through eight says listen a farmer went out to plant his seed while he was planting some seed fell by the road and the birds came and ate it up some seed fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much dirt that seed grew very fast because the ground was not deep. But when the sun rose, the plants dried up because they did not have deep roots. Some other seed fell among the thorny weeds, which grew and choked the good plants. So those plants did not produce a crop. Some of the other seed fell on good ground and began to grow. It got taller and produced a crop. Some plants made 30 times more, some made 60 times more, and some made 100 times more. Hmm. Getting our soil right. It's so yeah. important. And uh, we have to create the conditions, just like you were just talking about, spending time with God, Bible study, prayer, um, create soil conditions where we can grow. Uh, and then, as you said, when we have the right soil conditions and our, our good plants grow, the good things, the, the things that God wants to see from us, the fruit that we produce, when that's evident, man, it makes those weeds easy to spot. Yeah, I mean, the Bible is just packed full of this this concept of where we need to put our focus. Here it's talking about the cultivation of seed. Other places he talks the about the foundation of a house. It's all putting our focus on, we, we, want to, we want to focus on the bumper crop, or we want to focus on the finished house. But that's, that's not where God wants us looking. That's where God gets His glory. You know, we can't save anybody. All we can do is plant the seed. But we need to make sure that the seed bed is fertile and cultivated and plowed and ready when we plant that seed. And that goes back to how we live our lives. You know, if, if I want to get the, uh, if I want the gentleman across the street to come to know the Lord, 
then I need to live my life in a way that reflects the Lord so that when I go to plant that seed, when I go to make that introduction, the ground takes it. But if, if I'm living my life, you know, in a way I shouldn't be, and then I wake up one day and I, I go try to make that representation or, or make that introduction to Christ, it's it's like throwing seed on the concrete out there. It mm-hmm. it does no good. Now, obviously, the Lord can can do miraculous things, but the idea is we need to be constantly cultivating that ground and constantly prepping it because we're going to have opportunities to push a seed in the ground. And the more we've done on our side, um, the better it'll be. And it's a regular thing. You talk all the time on this podcast about your family and, and that sure. time that you guys spend. And I, that's, it's precious, un- right. unbelievable. And, and it's, you guys probably, you know, you probably spend 20 or 30 minutes a night mm-hmm. and you, you get, you talk and you read and you, you learn and, um, we argue and, and yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure all sorts of you things. Know, you got Lane in there and he's going to yeah. debate on it. Not, not on, not on biblical things, but he just loves to debate. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's what it, it takes. It takes just kind of being immersed in it regularly sure. for that to happen. I was, you know, there's, <clears throat> they're out here. Uh, doing some pressure washing right now just outside the, the the building here and pressure washing is one of those things that is it's so awesome it's so satisfying it really is that and mowing yeah yeah as you go you see it take you know it takes and it's just you got this black spot and you got this nice clean spot right next to each other and it's the so contrast. so awesome to see that contrast and the truth is is a lot of times with our bible study and our prayer we see that contrast sure and and yeah it's pretty cool Mark four fourteen through 20. The farmer is like a person who plants God's message in people. Sometimes the teaching falls on the road. This is like the people who hear the teaching of God, but Satan quickly comes and takes away the teaching that was planted in them. Others are like the seed planted on rocky ground. They hear the teaching and quickly accept it with joy. But since they didn't allow the teaching to go deep into their lives, they keep it only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the, the te- because of the teaching they accepted, they quickly give up. Others are like the seed planted among the thorny weeds. They hear the teaching, but the worries of this life, the temptation of wealth, and many other evil desires keep the teaching from growing and producing fruit in their lives. Others are like the seed planted in the gr- good ground. They hear the teaching, they accept it, then they grow and produce fruit, sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 100 times more. This is basically the explanation of the parable we were just talking about, right? Sure. Um, and I think that because our world is so, so busy today and everything that we do, we get so busy that this rocky soil illustration is so popular these days mm-hmm. because it's real, it's real easy for us to really get into a good sermon, for example, and really enjoy that sermon and really feel something from that sermon and really, and then as soon as we leave the church, we're in the middle of something else Mm -hmm. and we forget what we just learned and what we just felt. And it's because we're going from one thing to another so often. Uh, and I, I think that, yeah, you got to think about the fact that cultivating the ground doesn't end when you plant the seed, just like a garden. If you, if you plant a garden, 
you know, you plow it, you get rid of the weeds, you do everything, and then you plant the seeds and you forget about it, you come back in three weeks and it's overrun with weeds again. Yeah. Uh, it, it's an ongoing process, and that's that's what discipleship is. You know, it's 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 awesome to get people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and for them to accept it. But a lot of this falls on us that are are we are we keeping that ground fertile around them or are we just letting it, you know, letting them wander off into the rocks or to the concrete or whatever, whatever illustration you want to, we, we've, that's our responsibility as believers is to come alongside new believers and, and people who don't know Christ and to constantly be working around them. It's, it's not, it's, it shouldn't be about pointing your finger and saying, you need Jesus. God can use that. But very rarely does he. Yeah. It's it's the it's the cultivating around them. Yeah. That's the most important part. But it, and it's and it's the part that can often get messy. Yeah. And it's not fun sometimes. But when you when you get down into the not fun times with somebody, and you're in the trenches with them, that makes the biggest impact. That makes them the most receptive to hear what you've got to say. When you bring up the faith discussions. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, just some a lot of good stuff in here today. Well, I'm, I'm going to step on some toes here, uh, my own included, uh, because one of the things that I think, we just, we just took a plant, a fairly sizable plant, and moved it from one location to another in our yard. Well, when you do that, you got to make sure that you really focus on that plant for those first few days, you know, and make sure you keep it. And we haven't had much rain here. Uh, so we haven't had natural water, so we've had to get out there and continue. And it's in a bad place where it's hard to get to and get a hose to it. So it's been we've had to work to keep this thing up. That's what the Sabbath is all about. Mm-hmm. It, it's slowing down and letting God's word and the thoughts of God really soak into our lives. And we're all, because we're so busy, as I just talked about a few minutes ago we don't take the time and we don't take the Sabbath as seriously very often as we should. And I'm guilty. I'm very, very guilty of it. But I think it's something that um, we really should confront in our lives mm-hmm. and really and really work to rectify, to take that time to, to really let God's Word soak in more than just the few minutes. It's great if you do it. And if you do it every, you know, if you're in, in the Word, Two or three times a day, it's a little bit easier, you know, to let that stuff soak in. But it works much better if you. Well, the point is, and we've we've talked this to death on here. The point is finding time to do nothing. To do nothing. It's it. It's yes. That's the premise of the Sabbath. I mean, that's what the Sabbath is based on. Is is finding time to take the earbuds out, to turn the radio off, to turn the TV off, to. To go to a quiet room and sit in the dark if you have to and just think about what God's done in your life and how you can do better on your part and how mm-hmm. you can be a better cultivator. You know, I I I'm a good friend with a landscaper and he always says, you know, if you buy a twenty dollar plant, you gotta you gotta dig a hundred dollar hole to plant a twenty dollar plant. And the I, what he's saying is that all the prep work for that plant is the most expensive part. You got to dig a hole three times the size. You got to go buy good fertile topsoil, and you got to put it in there. And and that's that's the same 
thing that we have to do in our lives with those around us that we're trying to point to Jesus. You, yes, you're trying to give them Jesus, but you gotta you gotta make that introduction to what Jesus is all about yeah. and what He's done in our lives because the testimony part is the most important. It's they people have to see. Now again, Jesus can change somebody. Jesus can provide all the Damascus roads he wants to. Yeah. But more times than not, he does it through our testimonies. Yep. And our testimony is not a static thing. It's yeah. an ongoing thing that mm-hmm. people are watching. Yeah. That's a great word. Mark four thirty through 32. Then Jesus said, how can I show you what the kingdom of God is like? What story can I use to explain it? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, the smallest seed you plant in the ground. But when it when it is planted, the seed grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants. It produces large branches, and the wild birds can make nests in its shade. I love the the mustard seed thought, mm. and it, it really is amazing to look at a seed. <laughs> And to realize that that seed is going to produce what it's going to produce. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I didn't have a garden growing up. Um, we grew some stuff. My mother grew some plants and stuff, but we weren't real. We weren't. We didn't live in the country. Sure. My wife grew up with a big piece of property and planting a garden every year. And so one year, she decided we were going to have a. a fairly sizable garden in our backyard and so we went back there and i know how plant works i know how you know i understand a garden and and what you do to to i mean i know all that right but i remember watching it and just being so amazed at it just because it was right there and it was mm-hmm. and it was fresh and i was in it every day and looking at it and um it's really amazing uh and that's the way our faith is yeah our faith can be that's the way our faith grows, but we have to nurture it sure. all the time. Yeah, I mean, you can look at Bible studies and, and quiet time as, as fertilizer. and But then there's also things that we can do and watch and listen to out there that's like Roundup. Um, one is going to edify and fertilize and help you grow, while the other is going to kill your faith. Yeah. Um, and we, we've got, we have got to be, we talked a little bit about a preview I saw on last week's episode in a, in a movie theater where it's just some vile stuff that, that Hollywood is pushing out right now. And we've got to protect our eyes. I mean, easy, even as grown adults, we, we like to tell our kids this, you know, watch what you listen to, protect your eyes. No, that is, right that is as much as important for us as it is for them, especially in today's society, because they're, they're just pushing it on us. And we've, we've got to, that's Roundup. And, and, yeah. It's, it's Roundup. And those, ki- and those kids are watching what you're watching. Sure. So. And so, you know, we, we need, we need to, to stay in the, the gardening idea here. We, we've got to, we've got to put the fertilizer in our lives. And the fertilizer is prayer. It's our quiet time. It's the word. And it's just getting alone and, and doing nothing and meditating on what God is telling you and what he's and what he's telling you in your life. And here's one of the points I want to make too about what I was saying a little while ago about us doing this garden was I understood what a garden was and I understood what you got from a garden and all of that, right? But it wasn't until I experienced it Mm. that it was really impactful 
to me. It's the same thing with our faith. Mm-hmm. We have to work to try to get people to experience faith. And that's when everything changes. It's it's the experience. It's not just the knowing and understanding. It's the experience of it. And um, when we can take our experience and we can, because if I had ever heard anybody go, we, you know, we were growing these plants and, and they kind of did really got into describing that process, I would have been intrigued about it. Well, that's the same thing for our faith. Mm-hmm. We should be telling people, Look how God's working in my life. This is amazing. Listen to this story. Tell them your your testimony, and and that can make all the difference. The Holy Spirit will do the rest if we do that. But we we have got to we've got to relay our experience, not just the knowledge. I was I was looking over because I was looking at Henry Blackaby's book on my bookshelf, Experiencing God. God. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Until you experience it. You just don't know. You yeah. can imagine. You can think that's cool. You know, people you talk to are like, yeah, but if you can ever get them to the point of experiencing God doing something in their life, mm-hmm. it's it's addictive. Makes all the difference. A question. Do you tend to focus on the plants or the weeds? What gets more of your attention and effort? I have an issue. I do. I'll be very transparent here. Uh, a weed pops up in my life, and I get laser focused on it. I, I it will completely knock me off. Uh, my wife would tell you I struggle with this. I'll have something with it. It may be something somebody's done, something somebody said, something's not right between me and one of my kids, and my whole demeanor changes. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem, and it's a problem I'm I'm working on. But it's like I, I get so focused on whatever that is, and, and I'm a lot better now than than I used to be. But I do have an issue with focusing on weeds, and that's that's wrong. Um, but if if we can ever get to where our focus stays squarely on Christ, because what I do is is I'll go out a lot of times. I'll go out and walk or run and. You know, we say that's the best therapy. What's well, the best therapy? Because you kind of you unplug from everything else, and you think about yeah. that thing, and you're like, "Why am I doing this? You know, this is ridiculous." You you kind of God brings you back to that humbling moment of stress, worry, is selfishness. Yeah, you're taking all this on yourself, and you think that it's too much for me, and. That's selfishness. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's wrong. It's a sin. It's, we shouldn't do that. We need to hand it over to God, whatever it is. Now, does that mean that we're not going to think about it? No, but we can't let weeds consume our life um, because then other weeds just start popping up all around it. But when you, when we keep our focus on the plant, keeping it in the garden here, when we keep our focus on God, then it's easy just to, pluck those worries of life out and, and discard them. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about, how weeding, I just weeded. We had a, a area of our yard that we had kind of let go a little bit too much, and I went and, and pulled a bunch of weeds out just this past week. And some of those weeds are really easy to pull out. Some of them, you got to work on them. It's hard. They're really hard to get out. And that's the way it is for us. But if we're just focused on 
not getting frustrated by the fact the weed is there and just pulling it out. It was amazing. The area that I was working was a fairly large area and I was amazed at how much progress I made in really not as much time as it felt like it was it looked overwhelming it looked yes but it's just one weed at a time and if we if we do that with the way that we when we have those issues and some of those issues like you said are going to be like i just need to think a different way all i need to get rid of that weed all i really need to do is turn my focus and then some of them it's a it's a conversation you got to have with a person you know because you've got a conflict with them and that's a little harder weed to get rid of and, uh, you know, when it comes to forgiveness, sometimes that's a difficult weed mm-hmm. to pull out. Um, but here's the other side of this coin that I think that we need to talk about a little bit is sometimes we just completely neglect the weeds altogether mm-hmm. and we just let them take over and we don't even think about pulling those weeds. And that's just as destructive as completely focusing on the weeds right. is not focusing on them at all yeah. and not pulling them. So you got to have a little bit of both, right? It's a healthy balance. Yep. Another question. Has the seed of doubt ever taken root in your life and overcome your efforts? Well, if, I, if anybody told me they've never allowed doubt to take them over from time to time, um, I, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to meet that person because I don't believe that person exists. But you know, that's often where God shines the brightest. Yeah. Is when we... We're kind of at the because this is many times where God will take us. He'll He'll let us get to the end of ourself. Um, God, I just I can't do it. I don't see how it's it's those it's those being in the church sanctuary in the middle of the day moments that we've talked about in the past. You're you're so overcome with something, you know, you, you just think like the end is near. And God will let us get there. Mm-hmm. He will absolutely let us get there. Because that's at the that's when we that's when we come to the sanctuary in the middle of the day and sit there alone and say, God, I can't do this. And man, that's where I'm not gonna say that's where he shows up, because he always shows up. Yeah. But that's where, like you mentioned a while ago, with the with the pressure washing, that's where the contrast is the most stark. Yeah. We're in darkness and boom, there comes his light. And it's just it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so to answer the question, has the seed of doubt ever taken root in your life? Yes, and I think God allows it. Yeah. I think he allows it at times yeah. to come into our life because it, it kind of refocuses, and we need that. It's really focusing on that weed. Sure. Right? That's exactly what it is. This is a a, a, a subject that's not very important, but one that I thought about when I was contemplating this question is, you know, this – by the time this comes out, I'm getting really close to uh, to trying to run this steeplechase and trying to. I've talked about it on here before. I, I'd like to at least get close or try to break this American record in the steeplechase for my age group. And there are times when I go out and I'll do a workout and I'll do like eight times four hundred with very little rest in between it, and I'll do it way under pace. And I'm like, yeah, like I've got all this confidence, like. You know, I don't even see a weed. It's like this is not going to be any kind of problem. And then I go back, and I my my thoughts go to, but I look at people, and I I, I know that people's two mile time and their steeplechase time are very similar if they're fairly efficient over the barriers. And I'm not really that efficient over the barriers, but I'm getting better. And then I think I can't run a two mile in ten minutes and thirty seconds. There's no way. There's no I can't do this. I, there's no way I can do this. There's this is 
this is a it's almost a waste of my time you know and i bounce between these two you things feel bipolar I, at that time you're like yeah where did these weeds come from yeah, yeah. and that's a, again it's a very unimportant thing but it's running related uh, but there's so many things in life like that But that's who we are we i mean bounce. that's the fabric of who we are yeah. is we 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 are we're just yeah I, some call it moody call it whatever you want to call it but we ebb and flow and we just we got to keep our focus on where our focus needs to be and that's squarely on on christ and we gotta we really again going back to the theme focusing on that those good plants when we see other people other people who are so focused on negativity we've got to we've got to do something i think um we see it all the time we, we've all been there we've all been in that you just mentioned it last night you know you were you were not feeling that great you go to and you listen to some of this music and this music just lifts your spirits yeah and we can do that so often and it's so easy to do just uh i i've mentioned before you know i go through the line at walmart or wherever it is and you can see sometimes that that person who's taking your money is struggling with something you just see it in their face there's just this stress in their face and just a nice word to them just something like you know it, this Thanks is for what you're doing thank yeah whatever it is yeah. anything that you can that you can come up with can make a huge difference in yeah. that person's life and so i think we've got to notice that other people are struggling with their weeds and help them with the weeding sometimes, right? We've all got weeds. We, yes, we do, unfortunately. Yeah, I think about that song from from uh, Third Day, Revelation, mm-hmm. you know, where it, it paints this picture of this couple. Who they've, they've gotten away from God. They've gotten away from each other. And the guy's about to commit suicide. And then he turns the radio on and he hears a, 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 a song from God that gives him hope. And he thinks, what am I doing? I've let all the weeds take over in my life. And um, and that's not where my focus should be. And sometimes we can be that person that, that can do that, that can say the right thing to the right person at the right time. You just never know. I mean, you don't know that something that you said to somebody didn't prevent somebody from harming themselves. That mm-hmm. could, that's, that's a very real possibility. Um, and I don't want to talk about I mean, it's a, yeah, <laughs> suicide's a negative thought, but you never know, right? Right? You 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 don't know where the people all around you are walking, and it's even more so in the days of social media because it looks like everybody has perfect lives, and that is so far from the truth. And I think I think it's why we're, it's in, it's so important that number one we pray for people, but you need to let people know that you're praying for them. Yeah. I think that's one place we fail. Number one, if I don't use that term flippantly, and I'm not saying people use it flippantly. I'm saying I don't that I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I pray for you, I'm coming home, and, and I've got these rocks. They're right behind me, and, and I write them down, and, and I, I pray for those people. I really do. I don't tell you I'm going to do that if I if I'm not going to. Um, but then some of the greatest joys I've had from these prayer rocks have been going to, I did one just, um, it's been several weeks ago. It was a couple that they were having a pretty rough time in their marriage and, Mm -hmm. and I wrote their name on it and did Mitchell's prayers fix this? No, 
I'm just a tiny little spoke and a humongous wheel turning. But they, they've they've reconciled. They, marriage is great. Um, and I got to give them that rock. Mm. And I, uh-huh. I mean, it was like two and a half years that I've had this rock on my desk. And I've, I've had the opportunity to do this several times, but man, what an impact that makes on people to, yeah. because we, we all hear, I'll pray for you. But to come back to those people, because that lets them know that God was part, not Mitchell. It wasn't Mitchell part of this reconciliation. It was God part yeah. of this reconciliation. And, I think it's important to, if you say you're going to pray for people, to follow up. It's the whole follow-up piece, the whole discipleship, you know, letting people know. It's that constant cultivation. Constant cultivation doesn't have to be physically talking to somebody. It's mm-hmm. going to God. It's probably the most important piece of it is going to God and, and cultivating in the background. And, and that's what we're, we need to do, but we also need to let people know we're doing that. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Not just, not just I'll pray for you. It's sending the text three weeks later. Hey, buddy, I'm just letting you know I'm praying for you. Yeah. You know, Patrick Hawkins, hey, I, I'll get random texts from him. I don't know if you get them or not, but just following up with me. I mean, he is so good about praying for people, and, and he follows up and, and just lets you know. And it's it's uplifting Yeah. when you get those messages, and we need to reciprocate that, just yeah. like the lady in the checkout line that you're talking about. We. Yeah. We need to do that. Yeah, yeah. What a great point. Last question. We really just kind of, you really kind of just covered this. Um, do you have a plan to cultivate the mustard seed of faith? And, you know, our, our plan of, of cultivating that is a lot like our running plans. It's it's a daily, if you can use the word grind, but it's a daily thing. It's something that, you know, you as runners, you realize after a while you continue, you just get out there every day. And it really almost doesn't matter what you're doing every day, but you're doing something every day. And you look back, you know, I've been on this plant-based diet for two years now. And I look back and I go, man, it's really awesome what it's done for me. And it's just been one day at a time, one meal at a time. And um, that's, that's the way our faith is, is it's one thing at a time. It's the, it's the daily Bible study. It's those prayers. It's those opportunities to get to go back to somebody and, and give them that rock. I just can't imagine that I, I, I should do something like that because mm-hmm. it's, it's a great example of, um, it's not just for that person that you give that rock to, but for you as well, because when that gets answered, get answered, yeah, and and it, and it reminds you every time you hand one of those rocks over that look what God is doing. Yeah, and there's there's some rocks that yeah, it's it's the jars back there. There's some rocks that get put in a jar. Mm-hmm. The rocks I pray for every day are laid out, and I and I can see them. I say every, I shouldn't say every day. I I don't do it every single day, but the the rocks that I pray for are laid out, but. There's a, also a jar sitting back there, and there's rocks in it, and those are those are things that didn't work out, mm. and they get put in the jar, and it's 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 not unanswered prayers. That's the, or it's not that God didn't care. It's His will didn't align with what I was praying for. Yeah, and so you know, there's there's deaths in there, and where I was praying for people to get well, and there's. Um, 
there's a lot of situations that we we also don't we don't need to just cast those aside i don't go throw those rocks away i put them in there as a reminder that sometimes god's plan is different than what i want yeah and that's okay because something we we don't know what that unanswered prayer or what that what the answer to that prayer that didn't line up with what we were wanting we don't know what that resulted in yeah there there could be something linked a thousand miles away from us that we don't even know yeah but god does Mm -hmm. and hopefully one day in glory we'll see all those dots connected yeah Uh, but all we know here is that wasn't that wasn't to happen yeah um and god knows the reason great story hey i want to before we go to the break i want to just mention something you brought up the plant-based diet i didn't tell you i saw spider at the waterfront i heard you i heard you guys saw him did i tell you did i tell you about what he did no. So Spider's the guy that got you on the plant-based diet. After right. You, did, you interviewed him on the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, but Spider, he evidently he's done it several years, but the, you know, they have a sprint and then they have the Olympic distance. Yeah. Well, and Spider does, does the sprint and then he books it to the start line of the Olympic and does the Olympic distance. So yeah. They kind of recognized him for that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I told him after I said, you created a beast with Dean. I said, he's all about this plant-based diet. now. I said, it, it didn't take with me, but kudos for for making it stick with Dean. So, um, yeah. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. back and let's talk about another sport for just a minute i want to bring up what might be the most impressive sports achievement ever i mean it's big it is unbelievable you know how we talk about how awesome it is that certain people they they do something for a long period of time i remember edwin moses didn't lose a single hurdles final for 10 years um just these unbelievable people i think there's a jamaican sprinter right now who if she wins the the world title, it'll be 14 years from the first time that she did it. It's just almost unheard of. We we make a big deal out of it when, when that happens. But there's one out there who is really impressive, and that's Joey Chestnut. <laughs> if you don't it's know, it's bad that I know this name. <laughs> if, if you don't know who Joey Chestnut is, he's the guy that has won the Nathan's Hot Dog hot dog eating contest 15 of the last 16 years so it's pretty incredible and i know some people look at this and they think that's disgusting and it is and i can't imagine it's being disgusting to watch but it's I, impressive when you think it, it really is impressive it really is impressive to watch and it's i mean it's not good for him i don't recommend it for anybody but it's really impressive and uh this year 
this year was the best step. Well, last year, he set the record last year, ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Now, that's hot dog and bun in 10 minutes. This year, he only ate 63 this year. Only ate 63. That's one point one or two, one point one or two hot dogs every 10 seconds. Yeah. That's incredible. How? Well, and he's not a big guy. No, no, he's not a, not a real big guy. But he, uh, but this year, <laughs> I don't know if you saw any video on this. I did. But yeah. this year, so he's in the middle of this hot dog contest, and apparently some protester came up to the front and trying to make a name for themselves, I guess, as a protester, and came up to the front. And while he's eating his hot dogs, he grabs this guy, puts him in a headlock, and throws him on the ground. While the police come over, the security people came over and dragged him away. It, it was he so. He grabbed odd. Joey and threw him on the ground. No, 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 no. Joey grabbed the protester <laughs> and threw him on the ground. He needs to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> and, and just kept eating. Just kept. He just kept going. I had flashbacks of Nolan Ryan with. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but you know, listen. That's not a. That's not the thing we all want to be known for, but this guy is. But he's made quite pre- the living, and he has. He Even, has. I mean, there's he's he's earned some pretty good endorsements. I, I I've never dug into that. I think I've heard that there is some amount of training that goes into that. Oh yeah. I mean, I I don't know what all it is. It's all about stretching the stomach and kind of being able to do that on demand, and that takes time to do that. But. Um, well, and if you watch them do it, you realize there's there's tricks to it as well. You know, they take the buns and they they dip the buns in water. Yeah, it makes them easier to get down. And, and anyway, but seventy six hot dogs in ten minutes. Maybe the greatest record in all of sports. I just don't know. It's it's pretty impressive. So there's some questions that I have, but I'm not gonna ask. But yeah, there's there's a lot of unanswered questions there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll Google later. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I guess my the biggest question is, does he keep them down? I, that's a really good question. Because I don't imagine they just go back and purge themselves. I mean, I imagine you have to let the digestive thing happen. But, yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. But uh, that's a lot of food in your stomach at one time. It's got to take a long time for that to get through your digestive tract, I would guess. I don't know. I mean, say a hot dog in a bun is 120, 150 calories. I mean, that's 10,000 calories <laughs> in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And I think you're estimating low probably on the yeah, amount, I mean, amount of I'm calories. Yeah, I mean, I'm just guessing. But yeah. Yeah, that's... Take a day or two to recover from that. <laughs> Well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. So how are you at following directions? Horrible. (laughs) I'm actually not too bad at it. Um, And I've learned over the year that it usually goes better if I pull out the instructions, if I'm going to put something together. Oh, for sure. But for some reason, I have amnesia (laughs) when it comes to that. I think I've got it figured out this time. Uh, Well, maybe this is why... I might be not too bad at it. It's This story is called Following Directions. When I was in school, I remember a test that was a little different than all the others I had taken. This test had about 20 questions, and the questions were strange. The first one said, read everything before doing anything, then work as quickly as possible. 
The questions were things like stand on one foot and call out, go, go, go. With 20 questions, it was doubtful anyone would finish, so we worked as quickly as we could, and it was loud and chaotic. Students were shouting, running around the room, and drawing things all over their papers. One particularly fast student got to question number 15 first, which read, If you're the first person to get this far in the test, call out. I am the first person to advance to this point, and I am the present leader in this test of directions. That brilliant student did just that. One by one, we all reached the last question on the test that read, Now that you have finished reading, carefully do only sentences number 1, 2, and 18. Please sit back quietly and say nothing to anyone else. Almost all of us had been had. The test was entitled Directions Test, and nearly everyone had failed. We've all been there, right? In our haste to get things done, we take shortcuts. For this described test, the directions very clearly told us to read through all the questions before doing anything. But how many of us heed that type of direction? And sometimes we don't even read the directions at all. We're notorious for trying to put things together without reading the directions, aren't we? Oh, there's a good chance that you'll have to go back and uh, back to them if you skip them. But I think we look at it like it's a puzzle to put together without the directions. The truth is that there's no prize for putting something together without instructions. But does that slow us down? Nope. And it's not only putting things together and tests where we tr- uh, and tests where we try to shortcut our way to the finish line. I've seen many people do this with their running. We warn new runners incessantly about avoiding too much too early. But in any group of new runners, there is usually at least one person who thinks they know better. And that person can be just as embarrassed as the student who got to question 15 first, declaring just how smart he or she is for everyone to hear. There is a reason for conventional wisdom. There is experience behind every axiom that guides us in our running and walking journey. We should, at a minimum, take that wisdom under advisement. So why do many of us still double our mileage from one week to another, even though we know there's a 10 to 15% rule that tells us we should not increase mileage in more than 10 to 15% increments? There is a logical explanation. Maybe we know someone who got away with doubling their mileage and nothing happened to them. When we see someone else do something, even if it's wrong, we tend to think the guidelines may be too cautious. Or maybe we read an article that tells us that the 10% rule has no validity. And we take that advice over hundreds of other articles that tell us otherwise. I don't know how many times I've, I have read a headline that says something like, run your best marathon on 20 miles per week. The truth is that there may be a person or two for which this applies. After all, we're all different. But we're not all outliers. You are probably never going to run your best marathon on 20 miles per week. All I'm saying is, be careful with the outlier stories that you hear. While they may be true, they are not indicative of most people's journey. Most people fall into the main area under the bell curve. Listen to conventional wisdom. Use it as a guide. And you'll probably find running or walking more enjoyable. When it comes to your salvation, there is no other way but the Roman road. Admit you're a sinner. Realize that Christ died for you. Accept the gift God gave you and profess that faith. It is simple. But there are many people who would tell you that there are other ways. Some might tell you that as long as you believe there is a God, you're good. Or that doing more good things than bad things will get you to heaven. But the truth is that there's only one way. 
no matter what anyone says. So be careful with the things you read and hear about. In the case of your salvation, the directions for the test are simple and straightforward. In running and walking, conventional wisdom serves the purpose of keeping you healthy and strong. Don't neglect the directions right at the top of the page and try to get ahead of the game by figuring it out yourself. That can lead to injury in your fitness journey, but most importantly, it can lead to an eternity separated from God. Heed the directions we are all given and watch your fitness and your walk of faith flourish in big ways. That's an awesome story. <laughs> you know, we're about to have a, and you may not even know about this yet, but the Stampers are planning a triathlon reunion group. The, oh, the yeah. triathlon team, yeah. just getting all the kids back together. Some of them are older now. I want to do that game at that triathlon. Place. All right. Because you know those kids. Gung ho, uh, let's go. It's a competition. It's a com- everything's a competition. Yep. We're we're gonna do that game at that that party. You can find it online. That would be hilarious because yeah. I would be the guy. Yeah, I would be like, yes, I'm the 15 before anybody. Yeah, and then you get to 16, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and I remember it clearly. And I think I was I was a sixth grader. I think. And so that's a long time ago, <laughs> a very long time ago, and I still remember But it. do you think if you played that game today, not knowing what the game was, do you think you would do it right? If I didn't. Because I don't think you would. No, if I didn't know what the game was, no, I probably wouldn't. Okay. I probably would okay. not. But knowing the game, I would immediately. Sure, yeah. You know what I would do today is I would still take a shortcut because I would immediately read that directions and then go to the last question and see what it said. You know, that, that's the way I would approach that's it. That's where wisdom comes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Wisdom is only created by our dumb mistakes often. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I like to follow directions. We just bought a little utility building and we put it together and I was like, I had Debbie reading the directions as we were going. So she kind of got ahead of us, got stuff ready, and I put it together. And, um, you know, we followed the direction page by page. But sometimes you get you buy things and they come from a foreign country, maybe. Mm-hmm. And the directions are very poor. Uh, so recently I, I got this. It's a handheld gimbal for your phone that you carry. And it uh, it works great once you figure out how to use it. <laughs> The directions are awful. I mean, you can't figure anything out from the directions. Um, but once you figure it out, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, that's another problem with following directions is sometimes our directions are really bad. Yeah. But in the case of the Bible, the directions yeah, are pretty clear. 100% spot They're on. They're pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we see it in people out there. With what I mentioned in the story. In the 5K challenge, how many people have we seen? They feel good that first run, and they feel like, wow, this is easy. But you know, Dean, I, and this is where it's so conflicting because I, I I was that guy. I mean, I I went out and ran the Peachtree Road Race, which is a 10K. I think I had been running for I don't, three weeks, four weeks. I don't know. It was very little time. Mm-hmm. It was a dare, a bunch of guys. You know, that's always a recipe for disaster. But that is my personality and so i think it's not as much nowadays because of what i said it's it's the wisdom i feel like god has granted me wisdom and but wisdom never comes at a small price it comes as 
how many times I didn't read the directions and had to go back and do it again. You know, it's, it's like I told my oldest son the other day, he was out here doing something I asked him to do. And I said, you can, you can do it right or you can do it twice. And <laughs> I, I was the guy I, I've always been that way. I, I'll go around, I'll learn something. I'll learn where I messed up and then I'll do it again. I do that less and less as I get older, but, um, yeah, I don't know why we are like that. Why, why are and some people are worse at it than others? I'm, I'm one of the worst ones. Uh, but why, why don't we just learn to just follow directions? It's well, you just said it. It's because you've done it and you've gotten away with it, right? That's kind of the point. I have of the been story. able to wing it in the past, and yeah. maybe that's maybe that's a that's a curse. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with with our walk with Christ, you can't wing it. No. No. You got to know what the instructions say. Yeah, and there a lot of times we look at. I was talking about these directions sometimes that aren't very clear. So let's take eating. Okay. So in the Bible, does it address eating? Well, in the old Testament, it addresses some things about the old law, Mm -hmm. but doesn't really apply to today. And so it doesn't really address eating in the Bible directly, but it does. It does. It does say, take care of your body your body's a temple it 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 says all sorts of things Mm -hmm. that say we should be eating smart and so uh, we that's the way we tend to look at it we tend to look at the bible in in a lot of things i think and we tend to say well it doesn't really address that um and and no it doesn't as my sixth grade english teacher would say read it again (laughs) yeah 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 that's that's the problem is we're we're looking we're looking for the direct words that say do this 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 and this and it doesn't say do this this and this but it does in a roundabout way it's where the comprehension skills come in (laughs) That's, that's right yeah yeah at run for god we care about more than just your exercise we care about your relationship with god and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help you build your relationship with god that's why we partner with j radio j radio offers a variety of positive and christian playlists to listen to while you run you can find a playlist that i put together on the run for god station on j radio We're back, and uh, world championships are coming up very soon. I think that they will have started about the time that uh, this comes out. Um, I got really excited. I don't know. We talked about Abby Steiner last week and how impressive Abby Steiner is. And there's a rumor right now that she has signed a $2 million deal with Puma. Now, I don't think anything official has come out yet, so this may all be bluster, and it may may be completely untrue. Uh, but I so want to see her sign with some somebody other than the main guys. Mm-hmm. I just think it's cool when somebody does that. I remember when Meb won the Boston Marathon in Skechers. <laughs> that was so awesome. I loved it. Put Skechers on the map. I mean, you see yes. the go runs everywhere now. Yeah. yeah. And before Meb, Skechers was kind of out of the whole running scene. Yep. Yep. It's really cool. And Abby Steiner just seems like a great lady. Um She's a big smile. She just seems like a great lady, and so, and if this is true, if she signs a two million dollar deal, that's the that's the the biggest female contract ever, hmm. um, and and that would be pretty cool to see her 
uh, be able to co- uh, what do you uh, co- what do you call it um, capitalize yeah on that at this point so the world championship started July the 15th so that's that's uh, what would be yesterday from when this comes out yeah and um, I, I can't wait to see it um, we did have a couple of fast races on the professional front in the Peachtree Road Race. Uh, the the women's race, I think, ran, uh, she ran 30, 49, uh, which wasn't too far off the course record. Uh, and the men's race, uh, I think you ran 27, 26, which was, again, not too far. They had this deal, and the, the Atlanta Track Club does a really good job. They're the ones that put this Peachtree Road Race on and do a really good job. And they had prize money, and this was interesting. I think it was $53,000 they had for prize money for somebody to break a record. So, But here was the deal. If you broke a, a course record, let's say the male and the female both broke the course records, then they had to share that fifty. They had to split the $53,000. Okay? So... If you got, if you were the only one though, you got to keep all of it. Well, somebody broke a course record. You know who it was? Who's that? A wheelchair athlete. So a wheelchair athlete got the fifty-three thousand dollars for breaking the course record, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And uh, in the main race, you know, the, the male and the female both came close, yeah. but it was it was not a not conducive. It was a little warmer and a little more humid than it usually is, and it's always a little oppressive there um but it was kind of cool that mm. uh yeah I, I thought that was 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 really interesting so i need to go back to running the peach tree road race I, I don't ever think about it you know the the application for peach tree comes out what sometime around march or something like that is it still only in the atlanta journal constitution i don't mm, i don't because you know used to i remember when i ran it it came out, you had to get an Atlanta Journal-Constitution newspaper, and it was printed in there, and you had to fill it out on there. You couldn't make a copy of it. It was the yep. way for the Atlanta Journal to so sell newspapers. Yep. But you had to fill it out, and you had to mail it in, and then you got a confirmation sometimes weeks later Yeah. Um, that you were in, or you, or you, or if you weren't in, you just didn't hear anything. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so I don't know if it's still that way or not. I don't know. I would. I wouldn't think so. Because now there's a, like a lottery, so okay. it's not the first ones that get in that get in. Um, I don't. I'm not sure exactly how the entry process is, but I remember a friend of mine who was from Dalton, who used to he used to send his overnight. Yeah, <laughs> he'd mail his in overnight just to make sure he got in. Yeah, and uh, I thought that was interesting because obviously the people who live right around Atlanta had a. a a little bit of an advantage back then when yeah. you had to when you had to mail it in. Okay, so, so I've I've got a bone to pick because I'm looking at your notes here. You're talking about all the racing going on right now. Uh-huh. You're not bringing up the greatest race that's going on right now. Which one was that? It's the Tour de France. Oh, it's July, the Dean. The Tour. That's Are you right. not even paying attention? I have to that? been paying attention to it. Have you? Van Art isn't yeah. that who's winning? Walt right Van Art. Yeah. yeah. Wad. Wad. What? What? Van? I don't know. He's got, yeah. W. I think it's W A. O D or something like that. Wad. W O. But I think they pronounce it V Vault. Do they? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but he's leading. Yeah. Yeah, I'm paying some attention. Okay. It's cycling. It's not running. So. Yeah. But on the cobbles yesterday. I am so. I'll tell you what though. I love watching the Tour de France. Yeah. I'll 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 never forget the one year. 
The one year that I was unemployed during the summertime, I remember getting up every day and watching the Tour de France start to finish every single day. And it was so much fun. Yeah, I catch the highlights at night. If you go you can go to YouTube in the evenings yeah. and you can find the one hour summary, which is what I watch at oh, night. Oh, that's pretty good. It's um but yeah, I mean it's uh I just to me that is the greatest feat of endurance, even compared to all the the I agree with endurance you. races out there. I mean, it is like, you know, people have run marathons for 30 consecutive days. But imagine trying to run a PR marathon for 30 consecutive yeah. days. I mean, the toll it takes on these. I mean, they're out there for four or five hours every day. every single day two off days in 21 days right and then they have to do the press after i mean there's so many things they have to do so it's it's usually late by the time they get in they get a massage they're back to bed they're up early i mean golly bum it's it is impressive it's very impressive yeah i, I think most of them lose like 10 pounds 10 or 12 pounds over the period of, of 30 days and so they're uh, it's just grueling yeah and yeah. uh and then like yesterday they were on the cobblestones Oh my yeah. goodness. I can't. Watching water bottles pop out of water ca- bottle cages and yeah. wheels just folding in half. And I mean, just no. insane stuff that they put these guys through sometimes. It's like yeah. they're just throwing monkey wrenches at them. The, the race organizers are like, oh, watch this. We're going to put this segment in this year. Yeah. And I'm, a lot of controversy with some of those because the cyclists are like, you know, this is just unfair. But it, it's always been that way. Yeah. I mean, it's always part of it. That's one of the things that I like about the tour is that they don't compromise and change. Now, they've changed a few things. But for the most part, now, the equipment's changed tremendously over the years. But the, the race itself really hasn't changed a lot. But maybe the only thing that's changed is they've, they've pulled the, the crowds back away from the riders a little bit. Some but of even, them, but, but the even, cobbles yesterday, they were all over them. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, they're running 25, 30 miles an hour on a bumpy road and you got people three feet from them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's I cool. think the one thing that I would, I kind of wish they would take away. Some people disagree, but I, I think I don't like it is I don't like the earpieces. Yeah. Because nowadays, if you have a breakaway and maybe we talked about this last year, it seems like we did on, on this podcast, but nowadays if you have a breakaway, you know, these guys go off the front. Well, the the field will let them go, the peloton, because they can calculate it mm-hmm. down to the second almost. when they're And usually you'll see them catch them within a mile of the finish line. Yep. But if you didn't have those earpieces and those guys get out of sight, you have no – it just keeps the race honest Yeah. when you don't have that. Yeah. And so I, I kind of wish they would take that away. I totally uh, agree. Because there you. has been – because there are other – Big races that you don't you don't have that luxury. If a breakaway goes, the peloton better yeah better get going because they get outside and you don't know where they're at. But um, I hadn't so really, yeah, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but I totally agree with you. It makes it more exciting when you feel like the person in the breakaway or the people in the breakaway have a shot. But so many times, you know, they don't have any. Very chance. rarely does a breakaway win nowadays. Yeah, but before. I don't know the statistics, but I would say it was, you know, 50-50. Yeah. They go and they get out of sight. You don't know if they're holding that or if they're – but nowadays you got all the technology saying, oh, they're coming back. By the 
by the last mile, Peloton will be up to them and they'll get yeah. swallowed up. And it's just sad to see that. I mean, you got a guy that's just went out there and hung himself for 80 miles yeah. to get swallowed up right at the minute, last minute. A lot of it because of technology. Yeah. That's just, that's yeah. an unfair advantage, I yeah, think. That's a good point. Well, another thing I wanted to bring up, I saw this recently. Um, Ailish McColgan, she's a British runner. Um, and she is, she's very lean. She's very, very thin. And uh, she gets a lot of really ugly comments about that. And uh, anytime that we see particularly a female athlete who's really thin, we worry about them. We think, you know, we wonder if she's starving herself or is she doing unethical things to stay that thin. And um, but I think we got to leave people alone. Now, should we be concerned? Yeah, we should be concerned when there's an well, issue. Well, because you have – we do, ha we do we see do the horror stories sometimes yes. of what's her name, the, the young girl – Nike project. What what was that? There's been several of them. Well, the, uh, the you're talking about one. Mary Kane, the uh, one that spoke out, very vocal. Um, you're not talking maybe, about. Maybe it was Mary. Mary Kane. She was. That's the one where they were talking to her and trying to tell her she was too fat. She yeah, needed to yeah, lose yeah, weight. Yeah. Is that that's the one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that's bad. That's sure. bad. We we don't need to be doing that. I'm very careful about that. Co coaching a women's team. I'm extremely careful about the things that I say about right. diet and nutrition. Now, I think diet and nutrition is important. Sure. But, um, and certainly the the less weight you have, the faster you can run. That right. is a fact. Sure. Uh, to a point. Right. There's a point. So she recently posted this. She said, I call, I call it out because I want young athletes who follow me to be sure that they know that I am a healthy athlete that they don't get it twisted and start reading these comments and think maybe she does have to follow a diet or she does have to starve herself in order to run fast when actually it's just the complete opposite. I think it's really cool to see her standing up and saying, hey, everybody, I know I hear these comments. I hear them and that's fine. You can make all the comments you want, but understand that's not what's going on here. Mm -hmm. I'm healthy. I'm good. Don't worry about me. And uh, I, I think that's really good. I think what's important about this and the reason why i bring it up i know that i'm leaner i actually weighed myself this morning i weigh less than i weighed when i graduated from high school and i'm 56 years old and that's not typical mm -hmm. that doesn't happen very often but i know even though somebody who saw me five years ago might come and look at me and go "Ooh, he doesn't look healthy I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm in better shape now than I was five years ago, for sure. There's no question about it. Um, and I think that's something that we, we got to we got to be careful is the way we approach people and the way we talk about people and the way that we look at people. And um, and I think this was a, a good case of pay attention to how you feel. If you're that person like like me, I pay attention to how I feel. Mm -hmm. And if you feel good and you know you're getting the nutrients that you need, then don't don't worry about it. Yeah. And, and make sure that people know you're OK. Yeah. Uh, maybe a maybe a good reason for me to talk about the the plant based diet that I'm on is to make sure people know. Yeah, I don't I don't I mean, people first thing people think is, oh, he does he have cancer? <laughs> you know, and, I had those comments during Ironman training. Yeah. There's something wrong. Yeah. No, there's yeah. not. Yeah. 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 So just make sure you feel good. Yeah. All right. How about a trivia question for this week? 
Uh, there is an Ethiopian runner who won two gold medals in the 10,000 meters as well as four world championships in the event. But he was good at many distances up to the marathon. He was also the first man to break 204. Overall, he set 27 world records. Who is he? I feel like I should know that. You should know this. Yes, you should. You should. But I don't. I don't know that you do. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, big big name in running. He actually really was good at, at multiple distances, and uh, he was it was fun to watch him. Is he one of the big boys that I would be thinking about? He's a little bit before the times that you started okay. really paying attention to running, so okay. you may or may not know his name. I would hope that you would, but if you know the answer to the, this question, uh, dean at runforgod.com. Send a message to dean at runforgod.com. Be the first person and you'll win. This past week, I guess last week, we much we must have talked about how, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how sometimes I don't get any answers, and this week I got an answer really, really quickly, and I got several this week, so... Um, you, go ahead and answer. You just never know. Go ahead and shoot me an email. And yeah, let, I didn't know that name. I just know. Googled it, and I, I don't know that person. Yeah, yeah. So, Dean at runforgod.com. Every week, I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, this is the reason. Energy. Running gives you energy. We talk about, we were just talking a little while ago about how in the heat, you know, it drains your energy, and it does. But overall... It well, but no, no. Really Think about a battery. You. What's the best way to get the maximum charge out of a battery? A rechargeable battery. It's to, to drain to it drain all away. It. Yeah. So yeah. you got to drain yourself, and then the next day you've got even more energy. That's a good way so, to do uh, it. So, yeah, I, I, I do love to to drain myself in the heat sometimes, but it's because I know it's going to make me feel better. Today I feel better Yeah. because I drained myself yesterday. Yep. So. And I'm sure that you fueled yourself well. Yeah. You probably had something off the smoker that was really good that – <laughs> or maybe not. No, but I, not I'm this throwing time. a brisket on tonight. There you so, go. There yeah. you go. Uh, but you know, probably in the world right now, probably the number one complaint that you hear from people is, I'm tired. You hear people all the time, I'm tired. And, and this is a way to help. Tiredness breeds tiredness. Yeah. How many, how many people do you hear? I don't really, I don't, this doesn't happen to me much. I know for Holly it does. But you know, some days we just like to sleep late. You know, mm-hmm. if we can get to, Stay in the bed till seven thirty. That's incredible. But for Holly, she gets up at the same time every day because if she sleeps an hour longer, she feels like she's tired all day, huh. even though she got an extra hour of sleep. So, well, that's interesting. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't affect me that way, but for her, it does. Yeah, that's cool. All right, motivational thought of the week. This comes from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Real change, enduring change, happens one step at a time. Mm. And that goes with our faith. That goes mm-hmm. for running. It goes for everything. It's all one step at a time. Mm-hmm. If you want to change and you want it to be real, you want it to last a long time, you, you do it in little increments. Mm-hmm. Trying to change every Now, you can change something completely all in one spell swoop, but for the most part, it's small increments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I like that. It's pretty good. Be consistent, right? Another good week, Dean. Another good 121 week. 121 episodes down. That's just crazy. It is. But it's been pretty fun. It is fun, yeah. Yeah. All right, until next week, may God bless every step of every run and walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean.